teams sit right on the baseline. The big fella from New Zealand. When we cut him off baseline, he started walking in there. Josh jumping in doing the Bulls content and then Lyndon doing some of the female content and having some other great coaching guests on. Um, but I'm back today with another exciting episode. I've got Zach Fitzgerald of Hoop33 on today joining us from Auckland where I've been talking about these guys being in lockdown for eight weeks. It's probably out to about 10 now and people in the States are yeah. wondering what's going on. Zach, how are you going, man? I'm, I'm doing okay. Doing okay. Um, just finding ways to uh, to stay at it, um, finding ways to still run the business and figure out the little loopholes while keeping everybody safe and, you know, surviving, yeah. which is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, just doing what you can, man. I appreciate, yeah. uh, like I was saying we just before we were talking about, before we got on the pod, just trying to do things to help the kids and help the Hoops community because it's been a tough, yeah. it's been a tough year. Like, I, I feel like both of these last years have been, tough on a lot of sports but i think basketball mm. in general when you think about um the kids a lot of their tournaments being cancelled you know hoop nation didn't have a tournament for the first time you know in 10 years at the end of the year and things have been pretty yeah. difficult so it's been cool to see you trying to think outside the box and yeah yeah man well something. speaking of hoop nation we were we we're about to take about four or five teams to hoop nation this year um we were really gearing up for it i'm really excited about that and we we're about three weeks into trainings yeah. when we got thrown into lockdown and kind of um, every every month that, that came round, it was like, oh, Hoop Nation's getting less and less likely, but yeah. we're holding out hope. But, yeah. man, yeah. yeah, it was very tough. sad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just tough, man. It's just tough. Right, we're going to try and um, ditch the lockdown talk for a half an hour or so. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> uh, you probably had enough of it. Talk, yeah, um, for sure. T- tell people a bit about yourself personally, and then how you, you know, got into the game of basketball. Oh wow! Um, I first got into basketball when I was probably twelve years old. Um, I went along with a friend to a um, Harbour basketball rep trial, and this was like way before basketball was even popular. So there were about twelve people at the trial, which meant I made the team. Um, and that was probably the first, yeah, that was, that was the first year um, I really got into it, loved the sport. Um, I was also playing soccer at the time and a number of other sports, but um, after a couple of years playing basketball, it, it pretty much became the only the only thing I did, only thing I wanted to do. Um, played all through high school at Westlake Boys and um, kept playing through university and... Yeah, just my life has always revolved around basketball, whether it be as a player, training, coming up. And then um, through university, I got into coaching and absolutely loved coaching. Um, And uh, once I finished university, I ended up working at Harbour Basketball as well um, and worked there for about four and a half years before leaving to start my own personal coaching business, which has now become a a gym business. So um, my whole life since 12 years old has been been basketball <laughs> through and through. 
I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's um, I always talk about it on this podcast, and people will probably get deja vu as I bring it up. But um, it's just cool to engage with people who you know think that way, and and I've always tried to give this podcast a bit of a focus around that, and and realise mm. that you know people can have whatever career it is that they decide if they if they love hoops, and um, it's cool yeah. to hear that not only have you chased your dreams but now you're trying to put something together where it's like mm. come in and, and and we can help you with your goals and you're shining mm. the light for other people who want to work in basketball as a business not necess- who may not necessarily make it as a player mm. yeah yeah it's, it's cool well it's it's a story of like uh, in a lot of cases it's bigger than basketball right like even though i i wouldn't have i didn't pursue a professional career as a player you know, I still wanted to to base my life around basketball, and um, and that's what I want for everybody who's kind of coming up with me as well. Like all kids I coach, you know, some of them might make it, some of them might not. But at the end of the day, you learn a lot of life lessons that you can carry through into other other careers. Yeah, one hundred percent, man. So tell me how you had the idea for Hoop Thirty Three, like sort of how that came about, and then after that. Just explain about the business, the services you offer, and, and, and how people can come in and, and, and be involved and you know, use your services. Yeah, so um, obviously I've, I've got a background as both a player and a coach. Um, for a long time, I have loved the player development side of, of basketball. Like I, I was always doing team coaching and things at, at Harbour and um, at Westlake when I was the team coach there. But um, player development, individual training, skill development has always been a, a real passion and love of mine. I, um, I see it through a bit of a strength and conditioning lens to an extent. Um, I did sports and exercise science at university. Um, so it's, I, I guess you could say that um, I've, as a player coming up, I trained three times a day went as hard as I could. And when I was in my 20s, I was injury ridden, all that kind of thing. And so where I come from is I'm trying to help athletes um, develop in a more balanced way, a um, both physically, mentally, all that kind of thing. And so where I kind of went to with my, my personal coaching business was athlete support, which where we are at now, it's we're positioning ourselves in that same kind of light. Like we kind of started as a as a small basketball club, running junior basketball programs and that type of thing. Um, but our focus has always been athlete development and the way I see basketball, um, how it's developing in New Zealand. Um, everybody's starting a basketball club, um, and a lot of those basketball clubs are competing with each other for kids. Um, it's a it's a quite a competitive network, but there's not really anything outside of that that supports the athlete um, more holistically. So, Hoop Thirty Three as a as a facility as a a program is more based around supporting athletes. We don't run teams for anything other than Hoop Nation, um, and we're about providing strength and conditioning programs. We're about providing skill development programs that supplement their team environments so when players go play for their school they go play for their club um they also can come to us um to get their extra skill development that they need 
maybe they're having issues with their teams. They're not getting minutes. They got someone to talk to about it. Who's kind of more of a neutral party yeah. um, that can help them understand those processes. Um, so that, that's kind of where we're trying to position ourselves as a, as a provider. Um, so in terms of our services, we are a strength and conditioning and a skill development facility with a, a holistic site, holistic approach to player development, uh, focusing yeah. heavily on um, both physical health, mental health, um, the things that come with developing the individual and supporting the individuals as they grow. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like where the game is going at the moment, um, it's sort of grown organically and it's like trying to think of a better way to, to describe it. It's like a crazy tree um, and it's growing all over the place and you know it, it doesn't have those really strong roots in terms of the professional systems. And yeah. in Auckland, we're just, the player numbers are going through the roof and we mm. don't have facilities, yeah. coaches, um, but we, we do have a bunch of people there that are that are doing some really good things and, and everyone, I feel, plays their part. But when people are competing with each other, especially when you're mm. when you're seeing um, competition of club versus association, and it's actually it's actually hurting some of the development space, and the kids exactly. just be able to hoop when they're young. What you've done is you've come in and you've been like, okay, um, kids can come and work one on one, and rather than say have ten or fifteen being coached by a parent who who you know is maybe out of their depth, you're coming mm. in. You're a specialist. We'll talk on, you know, Logan Bodica working in. That's the the yep. type of service that you're able to offer. But you're being a bit more of a specialist and and coming in and saying, hey, look, let's work on your shooting. Um, take your time. Teach people how to train. Um, yep. And you're you've sort of stuck to your lane. And and I feel that if we continue to have this level of professionalism, and people can pop up more in cities, then we're not competing with each other. Yeah. Sometimes we've we've just seen that, yeah. As we try to professionalize the game, that the pe- the commercial stuff, especially when maybe we're getting into a situation like this where people are struggling, um, then it's like we're fighting over the kids, and it should mm. never. No one owns the game of basketball, and no one owns the kids. You, at the end of the day, we should be trying to leave the game in a better space. So. You're just, and I'm, and my is, you're just sticking to your lane and being like, this is the way we add value to the scene. Yeah, and yeah, you're exactly right. And um, I think the more we can kind of come together on that that notion and recognize that, like, the perfect example is the, the little battle that's going on between Hoop Nation and Basketball New Zealand at the moment. Um, and they both actually have their place. They both do great things. Everybody's just trying to do something that's that's good for the game and provide more opportunities to the kids. Um, but like you say, if we if we can work together a little bit to, to manage the schedule, um, then we can all achieve those goals and the, the kids will get better for it. Um, things like even with the club system versus the high school system overlapping, uh, the seasons overlap like crazy. Um, coaching at Westlake Boys, the, the Prems for a few years, it was a, a nightmare trying to get ahead in my season um, while the boys are doing two to three trainings for Harvard as well, you know, so, um, or their respective rep teams. So um, putting systems in place around managing schedules is probably a a big direction that New Zealand need to go into. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a really good point. And in terms of the uh, the training space, like how our kids are being taught, and then you know skills trainers as as part of that, where do you feel the the game is at in terms of where kids' skills need to be? I I see some great ballers like on an individual scale um, at mm. a high school level. Whenever I'll you know be be watching or be scouting certain games, but then I see um, kids who have you know, parents who've maybe invested in programs for numbers number of years and they're not able to complete the basics that you would expect of their position when they're 16 or, or 17. How do you feel about the level of, of skill and then also what's being taught um, by skills trainers in New Zealand? Well, I, I, I can't speak for, for everyone, but I can, I can say that um, from our standpoint, we... We do have the ability to focus a little bit more on the individual here, um, which is which is great. Um, as a from a club standpoint, obviously you have the motivations as a, a growing a successful culture, as a as a community, as within your teams. So there is a certain level of you have to create systems that um, all the kids can buy into that develop a set of skills within all of them. And that's that's great, um, but for where we come from, we always try to focus on kind of what's the talents of that individual player, what are their kind of tendencies as a person as well. Um, you know, uh, does the way they think lend themselves more towards a particular position in the long run? Um, and then we kind of take it from there. Obviously, we don't um, put anybody in a, a particular position until they're a certain age, um, kind of coming out just coming out of high school. But at the end of the day, like if we want to make our players probably more viable for over overseas, and in my in my point of view, they do need to be superstars at a particular thing. Um, when coaches go through their recruiting process, quite often they're looking for players who can fill a particular role on their team um, that complement another player on the or another set of players on their team that. Um, forms your well-rounded team like you need your rebounders your defenders you need your shooters and you need your ball dominant guys and so the more we can support players to I guess discover their unique qualities as well as shoring up their their fundamental skills because um, obviously the fundamentals are probably the most important thing you have to have a good base level of skill um, then once you have that base the more you can kind of create a super uh, a superpower for each kid, the better, and that's yeah. that's kind of going down that that road of roles and discovering who they're going to be as a professional player or a college player. Yeah, yeah, that's really really good. I, I love hearing um, how you're sort of trying to customize that to the kid to to try and be a superstar at their role. I think that there's a, maybe a perception that's incorrect in in basketball that maybe everyone needs to be able to do this or everyone needs to be able to do that. But mm. the, the reality is um, if you want a guy who or girl who wants to make a career in the game, then um, not everyone can be a three and D wing. Um, not mm. everyone can obviously be a post up big or whatever it is. Um, yeah. But, but if you see that the kids have these skills, um, maybe they have the, the tendencies or the, the physical makeup that they're able to do this. And it's like, Hey, let's go and train this kid to do this rather than doing a bunch of cone drills for a big. I mean, you want the big to better handle the ball, but 
Mm. Let, let's get our kids in um, and let's have them training and and things that they're actually going to be able to use on the court, right? Mm, exactly. Um, to me, uh, like I, I definitely, I have a kind of rule which we talk about with the coaches here, and that's kind of the the rule of volume. You got to think about what kind of volume a kid is going to get at a particular skill. Like, say, take a, a six foot six, fifteen year old um, that you want to turn into a guard in the future. Um, maybe he's got three years left of, at high school. If you want to make him a good ball handler, then he needs to be handling the ball in his games and his trainings, um, pretty much every situation that he can possibly get. But if he's not going to get those opportunities in the teams that he's playing for, um, then he's then he's not going to get enough volume to develop that skill set, um, which means the uptake will be too slow by the time he gets to recruitment. Um, so that's the that's the tricky part. It's it's really really um, complex. Yeah. Trying to map out a kid's um, progression from 13 years old to getting a college scholarship. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> uh, yeah. there's so many factors that so many limitations that they're going to battle against. But yeah, yeah, it's it's tough because I I feel and we've spoken quite a bit on on recruitment. I'm trying to speak on it more here to um, give it more light but then also for the parents that are listening to try and, you know, get some, some really good dimes out of it. The, you could have a kid that's maybe uh, they're 6'1 or 6'2 when they're quite young at, at high school and naturally mm. the, the coaches maybe at those, at those levels, um, not to speak down on them, but, but maybe you just you're playing someone as a big because at that time that they are, um, but maybe they don't grow from fourth or fifth form and they're sort of 6'4", um, and they're just finishing juniors and coming to seniors, and, and then all of a sudden their shot hasn't come on either in volume, as you spoke about, until yeah. year 12 or year 13, and then in year 13 we have them, right, it's great, they've just started taking threes, but they're not at a level where they're able to take them in games, and in the States, yeah. realistically, they're probably a two-guard, uh, and then the two-guard because the kid's six four has to be the best shooter on the team in the states, basically, yeah. unless you're crazy long or a crazy great passer, and it's it's not the the, the kid's fault. It's just that the way that the the base of players is in New Zealand, it makes this recruitment stuff difficult. What can yeah. can coaches and parents sort of take from um, yeah how we're discussing this, especially with the way that we're going about size and. Um, the recruitment space being quite difficult uh, unless you're a really big kid or a crazy skilled guard who can go D1 and we just don't have many of those. Mm. Um, I, yeah, I just think it comes back to kind of recognising the individual talents of kids, um, weighing that against um, their personalities, their, their tendencies um, as, a, as a player. You know, um, and then... <clears throat> I guess investing in them a little bit more. I mean, there are there are so many coaches in New Zealand that are just um, coaching kids one on one for free um, throughout the whole high school careers, and like that's that's definitely what we need. But we also need to support those those coaches to um, give even more to those 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 kinds of talents. And then um, <laughs> the other thing, coming back to the schedule, which we were talking about before, is Let's schedule things so that they can play more, um, yeah. rather than having to pick and choose between different 
different tournaments and things. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And that's actually something that um, I think it was Ke- it was Kevin Breswell was on the pod a couple of weeks ago, and he said that kids in New Zealand just train and train and train. And I didn't. They yeah, they don't play. I, they don't play. <laughs> and and at the time, like I, I feel like I talked on it in early pods, and it's not something I brought up again. But at the time on that pod, I talked about how. I think it was in the early 90s, there were high school championship winning teams and they were just, they had a bus. It might have been, I think it was an Auckland team. They had a little mini bus, like a coach van, and they're just literally driving all over the country and just playing, playing, yeah. playing, playing. And there's, there's nothing wrong with training, but A, we got to train with purpose and the kids have got to, put, got to play. If the kids are only playing once a week um, and then we're talking about, not having an opportunity to play in the local men's comp or, um, you know, maybe they're not part of a club because the, the parents might not be able to afford it. And mm. and it's like, we've got reps, which is one tournament. If, if there's an injury, all of a sudden you've built or paid all this money for the the entire year or, or season. And mm. it's not really a program, you know, that the big, the bigger rep places, oh, sorry, bigger rep clubs, um, are, are likely always going to qualify, so you've just got that that one tournament. But we've we've got to play more. Kids have yeah. got to be playing um, at least twice to, uh, or three times a week, um, so they continue to get those reps. And and if a kid is able to play at maybe a level down, and you know we talk come back to that shooting, then all of a sudden they're able to get game reps in to say, look, I can yeah. I can secondary playmate now at this level where maybe at the at the top level I'm not able to do that. I'm able to get more shooting reps in um, mm. and I'm just able to get a f- better feel for the game by playing a volume of games. Yeah, I, I am optimistic about it though. Um, from what I've been seeing from like around the country, um, we've got we've started to get a lot of more culture behind basketball. Um, obviously, more facilities are popping up um, kids are getting into it a lot more. It's the fastest growing sport or the second fastest growing sport. Um, it's starting to get all over Instagram. We've got really cool um, content creators doing their thing, um, which is hyping up the game a little bit in New Zealand. And the more we do that kind of thing and create a culture behind it, the more um, that's that's what the, the U.S. does really well. It's the playground basketball, which, um, which isn't necessary, necessarily uh, – <sighs> trainings it's just kids uh, wanting to go out and play and hoop by themselves or with their mates and the more kids can do that that's where they're going to get the extra reps um yeah. i guess in the the shorter term in new zealand um while we figure out the uh, better structures and systems yeah agreed and I, and i think it's cool to see when we have these clubs developing that we have club days and it's just like your um Saturday and a Sunday, your Saturday might be just interclub, and I've seen some mm. structures in Wellington and Auckland which seem to have some really great benefits. Your interclub is you're just playing amongst yourselves, and even if you know yeah. the the bottom age plays against the top age and maybe they get smacked, it's like when they go and then they go and play for Grammar or or Westlake or whatever, they're just getting a mixture of of competition. They get to run on the weekend. They have a yeah. maybe they have a midweek game, and then when they have an interclub we've seen some of this in Wellington, then they're getting to play uh, with their mates that are maybe from the club and you've got a bunch of now competition for spots. Uh, Some of them might be on different high schools and then when they're playing for other entities or reps, all of a sudden um, you have a kid that has 
he has different teammates, uh, different coaches, so he's maybe able to see um, different styles of, of coaching. And mm. I, I do see some positive growth in that space. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, yeah. like, you see the success of Hoop Nation as well. Like, the thing that Hoop Nation is um, – I'm a huge supporter of Hoop Nation. <laughs> I love those guys. Yeah. Um, they they just they just put such a, a a family spirit behind the game and their tournaments. Um, and so you know you, there's no limitations to going at playing Hoop Nation. You yes. get get your guys together and you go and have a great tournament with, in most cases, high quality basketball. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's you don't have to go through the trial process or, or anything like that. If you if you miss out on a team, go make another team. Go jump in. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's. Yeah. Um, there's no restrictions to play, even though um, having the the rep system is really really important as well. Yeah, right? yeah. The two the okay. two function together. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a good point. And I think the sometimes the restrictions that we're having at the moment, uh, and obviously the the date clashes and schedule need to be worked out 100%. And I think what we'll see, I've sort of I heard some things around the rep versus um, high school terms I've already heard there's going to be some changes around that which is great and um, I don't envy the job that, that Dylan Boucher has to come in and, and make these changes but I think schedule changes yeah. will then allow for um, associations to not feel like or uh, clubs to not have to feel like they have to protect their their group of players or protect their their revenue stream because it's like right mm. I've got a term you know maybe it's less time than what I wanted but I know now that I can go and schedule these types of tournaments or I can do an interclub or maybe there can be a mini qualification tournament and it's a bit bigger. And yep. I'm sure if we can, as you say, short out those schedule changes, then A, there's less bullshit and politics around, I think, people trying to hold on to mm. the kids. And it's like, just go and hoop without a qualification to do it. You know, the, the reps might still have their, their qualification, but it's like, we're not... Um, here's your date space, here's my date space. The only competition we're going to have is actually when we play each other on the court and the kids mm. just go and hoop. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so my next question was, we, we spoke a little bit about um, Logan Boddicker and I see him working in um, the Hoop 33, seeing in the gym and, and it was cool. I've seen some of his videos today. Had Zach yep. Riley out there and, you know, um, one <laughs> of the, the bigger... He's <laughs> Logan is the man. First, for those I haven't got Logan on the pod yet, and um, he is. I haven't asked him yet, but he'll be he'll be a guest to be coming up in the next month or two. Talk about what he's added, and then you just talk about the the vision you have for strength and conditioning in Hoop Thirty Three because it's something that's so important for our kids uh, as they we try and grow the game into elite space. Yeah, well, um, Logan. Logan was joining us pretty much as soon as we opened. Um, he he's been a, a great um, collaborator um, to a, to our business, and I guess it's in terms of the strength and conditioning side. For me, uh, from my from my personal experience, obviously I was a I was the kid who just wanted to hoop all day every day. Um, I didn't put in any of the extra work in the gym, didn't even know that I had to until I was getting Achilles tendonitis and um, I even ruptured my Achilles at 25. So, uh, <laughs> so um, it's, um, you don't quite, kids think that they're invulnerable and they just go out and they, they do their thing. 
Um, but the more we can educate them to go, okay, you need to slow down. You're overdoing it um, with your trainings. Let's take out a couple of these hoop sessions, throw in a couple of S&C sessions where you can actually build some, some strength through your muscles and your tendons. Um, then you can go out and hoop at an even, at an even higher level. Um, the more we can do that, the, the more athletic, the more well-rounded our athletes will be coming out of, um, coming out of high school. Yeah. It's it's so important, and I and I think where I've seen uh, as I've sort of grown to to know the guys and girls that are going off and really performing well at at um, college in the US, it's like they're getting there and there more ready than they've ever been by working with people like Logan. You know, like someone mm. like Sam Meninga. If you and anybody can jump on Logan's Instagram, um, there's mm. no doubt that someone who's you know put on that six to eight kilos of muscle or whatever it is and you going in there it's like i'm rocking in a training camp in day one now if i go in there as the um skinny kid and and no offense to any to any of these these prospects but the Mm. difference um knowing what to expect in the weight room so when you get over there like oh i already know a lot of these exercises so not only can i perform them on my own but when i when when i hit the gym i'm able to maybe assist with teammates um the, the programs like I can trust this kid, um, his body is more pro ready or college ready um, because you're able to go at guys right away. You can you can compete in training rather than someone who goes over there and yeah, they obviously deserve the scholarship, but you, your freshman year might be written off because you're a four or a five and you just, you can't, you can't defend anyone down low. So yeah. we're actually advancing the game utilizing a guy like logan and we've seen um yeah i'd say over exactly. a dozen athletes and, and he, he knows he knows how to give you that advantage because that's what yeah. it is it's a if you if you're strength and conditioning training you have you will gain an advantage over your peers um straight up like you'll yeah. be more durable than they will you'll be stronger than they will you'll get faster than they will you'll start jumping higher than they will um and logan knows he's, he's got the template man he's, he knows what he's doing with that um, yeah. For instance, like just an, an example to what you were saying, my my athlete Jess Moores um, recently went over to Colorado. Yeah. Um, she worked with Logan for uh, probably two to three months before she left, as well as myself. And she got there. She was the she was already ahead of the the girls that were in the program um, in terms of where her body was at and um, how she was able to to compete. So um, for any any kid who's coming up right now, that's the, that's the first thing they need to hear um, if they're very serious about um, competing for a scholarship. Yep. They need to get in the gym. Yep, agreed. I, I just don't, I know now, knowing what I know about the recruiting scene, you just you just can't be just a hooper on its own. I mean, you, no. you basically have to be Ben Simmons and, and, Ben Simmons was probably in the gym, but this is a this is an example. <laughs> you basically have to be like a lottery pick to to yeah. not be able to do those extras. And and I know that grades and that sort of stuff is a, is another conversation. But all these tick boxes make it easier for you to be recruited. So yeah, you can just have the two point three GPA. Um, and I know that not every kid is 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 academically driven, but there's no doubt if you have the three GPA or the three point five, well. You're going to go and get more offers. If the the photos or the video, um, when the recruiter is looking at you, you're 
built, you know, and you have good conditioning and, you know, you look well and fit, then that's just going to open you more up, up to more places. And there's no doubt that obviously being able to put it all together on the court is so important. But if you've ticked those other boxes, you're actually showing commitment to your craft because yep. you've hit the gym. You've, um, you know, you may have really, really high grades and that's showing, oh man, this, this kid's also ticking these other boxes and it's not good enough just to be hooping these days. You've got to be putting the other work in because it shows um, that you want it, but it's also preparing you for the next level. So you just aren't going over to the makeup and the numbers. You're going to go in and be a significant part of a program. Yeah, it shows your discipline, shows yeah. your dedication, and coaches yeah. love that. They're looking for the kids who want to hustle. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, so in terms of um, what your your facility and, 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 and what you've got going on there, what, as we come out of lockdown, you know, what, what's your vision for the, for the program and, and what you'd like to see? And is there anything in the future that, that, that you'd like to add or, or are you just looking to grow your numbers and continue to get the brand out there? Um, well, first and foremost, like we, we are a, a gym, a gym facility. And so um, our, our main revenue source is gym memberships. Um, and so the, the spirit behind the facility is 24-7 um, access um, to, to court and, and gym. Uh, and what that, what that does, and we make an effort to, we don't hire the gym out at all. Um, yeah. it, is a, it is a member's facility. And the, the purpose behind that is that we want people to be able to shoot, hoop, and train whenever they feel like it. Like um, one of the biggest issues I always had growing up was, can I get it and train? No, the courts are all booked, right? Um, so we're trying to remove that that barrier, and so far so good. Um, we we and as far as our basketball program, our skill development program model goes, um, we only commandeer the court kind of four till six thirty p.m. weekdays, and that's kind of our our training time. Um, for individuals, for small group sessions and that type of thing. And then obviously um, kids also go into the gym during that time as well. So that's kind of like our, our academy program, um, which we're running. Awesome. Um, so I guess our future goals is just to continue to grow our membership base, continue to grow our academy um, numbers and uh, get more people in on the strength and conditioning side. Uh, we also offer um, health and fitness programs to um, family members of athletes and um, the general public in our area. Uh, so we're just we're just trying to grow all our um, our, our programs on on both sides. And um, I do have future ambitions on going on going online as well. Awesome. And developing some digital digital resources and, and programs for for kids and coaches to access. So um, it's a it's it's a process. It's a process, yeah. one step at a time. At yeah. the moment, we're just trying to just trying to get get by and, and find find things to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're, you know? you're doing well. Like I don't I don't see many people um, having bloody um, squat racks out on the footpath. But like, as you say, you, you found the loophole. Um, you know, yeah. you've got a you got a D one athlete out there training with a world class strength and conditioning coach at yeah. Logan Bodica. So um, yeah, you're making shit happen. Like um, that's you just got to do what you got to do, right? Yeah, exactly. I like that. <laughs> Making shit happen. Yeah, that's... 
that's it, man. And and I think that the that at the moment the the climate of of what we're in with COVID nineteen is it's probably easy to make excuses to not, you know, to, to not do things because mm-hmm. let's be honest, things aren't great. You know, people probably are feeling pretty shit in lockdown because it's like, mm-hmm. I've been at home for all this time and maybe I can't work or I've less money or whatever, but um, it's cool to see exciting things happen and, um, and just being like, well, I am limited to what I can do, but I can either make a fuss about it and not feel good about myself or I can provide some solutions. So it's, it's great to see. That um, leads to my my last question. Um, any tips for hoopers or just in general about surviving lockdown in, in Auckland or any resources that people can draw on that, that you can advise? Oh, gosh. Um, well, if you're looking for resources, YouTube, yep. just YouTube <laughs> in general. Yep. Yeah, you can yeah, find yeah. all kinds of things on YouTube um, to improve your game. Uh I would say that you just have to make the best of what you got. Um, if you are an athlete during this time, um, if you don't have a, a hoop walk or um, find a way to get down to your local court or something like that and just shoot around, um, do as much as you can with that. Go for some runs. Um, I... I would suggest home workouts as well, but I know that there's only so many home workouts you can do before you just like go buddy <laughs> mental. So, um, uh, yes, make the best with what you got. And when we finally get out of this, really get down to it, get focused, um, yeah. and be careful coming back. Like don't jump straight back into it. Um, yeah. because no matter, I'm pretty sure no matter, no matter what you do, um, you're not going to be basketball ready coming out of lockdown. Um, doesn't matter how many runs you go on, um, what you can, what you try to figure out at home. Um, if you kind of come out of lockdown and you try to jump back into um, basketball, proper basketball straight away with all the change of direction and um, jumping and landing, then it's going to be rough. You might get injured and you might be out for even longer. So um, just take take your time once we're out ramp things up slowly and um get yourself back to to basketball ready shape um before you really get hit the court hard yeah oh that's good that's great advice man that's um that's that's so good to hear i think people just need to realize that yeah it has been a while and um and when you come back ease back into it um but also it's really good talking about some strategic focus you know um obviously for year 12s year 13s whatever year you are we know it's been difficult but make a list of your goals you know i'm really big on mm. goal setting um, make a list of your goals who are the people in your circle or maybe not in your circle that you can utilize um, reset your goals um, and try and utilize the summer time we've got now to to you get in good shape um, can you get a membership to a to a gym or can you just jump on youtube and and utilize the the facilities and the, and the things that are available. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big, um, I, I, te- I teach habits, um, a lot. Um, I, I love goals, but to me, um, you have to boil your goals down to your daily habits. If you can put habits in place, um, where you're setting aside time for particular things, setting up, creating a routine and, um, 
you know, making sure that each day is productive, then you're on the right track towards achieving those goals. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's um really good little advice to, to close this pod, this pod out on. Um, I appreciate you coming through, man, imparting your advice and um, also what you've been doing for the Hoops community in Auckland. We need more people that are not only willing to venture out and uh, add value by creating their own thing, um, but just doing what you're doing by helping our kids, um, helping our pros, and, and yeah, continuing to mm. add value to the community. So thanks for taking time out of your day, and um, I look forward to um, yeah coming up having a look at your facility and um yeah grabbing a coffee with you yeah for sure man <laughs> welcome me anytime i appreciate the opportunity today man i appreciate yeah. the opportunity no problem you have a really good day my man you too bro see ya see ya